0: Well, if you would, uh, take a copy of God's Word and turn to Romans chapter 8. We're going to be looking at several different passages this morning. Normally, it is our practice to choose a text of Scripture and preach through that text. And beginning uh, soon, we'll be uh, starting a new series. Uh, Please be in prayer for me as I seek to discern what the Lord would have us go through next. Uh, This morning, we are going to do something we usually do, and that's kind of a, a New Year's sermon um, before we read our opening text, I will say that the beginning of a year is a great time to renew our commitment to the Lord uh, and to also uh, think through a structured way to read God's Word. If you would like a, a guide to how to read God's Word, if you would like a plan, uh, there are several outside the church office on the table. Um, I commend three, three of the plans to you. One will take you through the Bible in a, in a year. One will take you through the Bible in two years, and then one will take you through the New Testament in a year. I will say, if you have never done a concentrating reading plan, don't start with the one that's the Bible in a year. It is a big task. Uh, I don't want you to set yourself up for failure. Perhaps choose one that's a little, um, little more accessible. Uh, these are great reading plans. I do, I do Bible in a year every other year, and it always takes me about 15, 16 months It's a good God, but certainly not law. Uh, Well, this morning we begin in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. We're going to read verses uh, 18 through 25. Hear now the word of the Lord. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing, For the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it. In hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God shall indeed stand forever. Let's pray. Our Lord and our God, as we come to you uh, this morning, we we seek direction for the year ahead. We pray that by your spirit, you would uh, work in our hearts, strengthen us, guide us, change us. We pray for unction, for anointing, for the work of the spirit, not only the preacher, but also the hearer. We pray these things in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. The overarching question I'd like you to consider this morning is, what happens if 2021 is worse than 2020? It's a good cheerful question, isn't it? What happens? What will happen if 2021 really is worse than 2020? Now, I wrote this sermon the Wednesday before Christmas, and y'all, I was tired. I needed a vacation I was worn out from a long year, exhausted, and I was looking forward to vacation in the beginning of a, of a new year. But what happens if 2021 is worse than 2020? We've been waiting for this moment when our checks, right? Now, it usually takes me at least two or three months to, to remember to change the date on my checks. But, but to be able to write 21 instead of 20, we, we've been looking for that. But the question is, just a few days into it, is it everything that you thought it would be? Has it healed all your diseases? Has it redeemed your life from the pit? Has it crowned you with steadfast love and mercy? No, because only Jesus can do those things. As we do our annual New Year's sermon, I, I want to remind you that our trust is in Christ... And not in this year, not in this world, or anything that the world could offer us. First, let's briefly look back at 2020. I don't want to go through all the things that have happened. I don't want to give you a little... The paper this last week had a very... Actually, I didn't read it. I just looked at the headlines. I couldn't read it. It was exhausting seeing all the things that had happened in 2020. But I actually want to make it worse Because the reality is that 2020 was a lot worse than any of us could have ever imagined. It was bad for many of you. Many of you were very closely affected by COVID and and things related to it. But did you know that 2020 was a lot worse than that? What am I talking about? Well, according to the World Health Organization, there were uh, between 40 and 50 million babies aborted in 2020. The World Health Organization, that bastion of conservative fault, uh, says that. And now the COVID deaths in our country are really high right now. Uh, Three to 4,000 a day, according to the news I looked at morning. Worldwide, that's 10 to 15,000 a day. But abortion last year claimed the lives of between 110,000 and 137,000 people a day. According to the UN, each year between 20 and 40 million people worldwide. Uh, live in some sort of modern slavery like human trafficking. 20 to 40 million. In America, we're talking about America now, 17 million children are classified as food insecure, meaning that they're not entirely sure where their next meal is going to come from. Worldwide, that number is not 17 million, but closer to 800 million. In terms of poverty, around 700 million people live on less than $1.90 a day. 700 million. Was that, about a tenth of the world's population? One in nine people worldwide don't have access to clean water. Not to mention the drugs, abuse, murder, suicide, drunkenness, divorce, and the like. According to the State Department, nearly 80% of people worldwide live without true religious freedom. 80%! Persecution of Christians uh, really is only on the rise in the two most populous countries, those of India and China, where there's a, a great crackdown on Religious freedom. Why do I mention those things? Because the reality is that 2020 was a lot worse than what we often think of. It was awful. And the reality is that while we hope COVID goes away this year, and oh Lord, I do pray for that, these other things will probably only get worse with the increase in population and the effects of global lockdowns. We have to ask ourselves, why was 2020 so bad? Why is any year bad? Well, we have an answer from God's Word. Romans 8:18 8, says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Here, here Paul is going to set up a contrast between the brokenness of the world we live in and what we as believers look forward to coming, when Christ comes again and makes all things new. And he does this by using a very key term. He says, this present time. This is not a throwaway phrase for Paul. It's a very important phrase. And he's going to use a very similar phrase over in Galatians chapter 1, verse 4. There we read that Christ gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present time. Evil age. The present evil age. Why was 2020 so bad? Why is any year bad? Why does anything ever happen that is bad in this world? It's because it belongs to a system that Paul calls this present evil age. We are living in a time in which poverty, death, illness, abuse, sickness, disease, and sorrow, these things exist like a wet blanket over all who live, like a dark shadow that taints every bit of light in this world. Why was 2020 so bad? Because the world, my friends, is broken. The world is broken. See, in reality, 2020 really wasn't all that of an uncommon year. It was uncommon in that the death and sickness that pervade our world and our daily realities for those who are living in the minority or third world, those things came to the developed world. And for the first time in a long time, we had to deal with a daily threat that hundreds of millions of people deal with every day. It wasn't all that of an uncommon year because it belonged to an age in which Satan is at work. You know, from what I understand, epidemiologists have been working hard to figure out, you know, where is case zero or case number one? I don't know how that works. You know, and I think they've traced it back to Wuhan, China, to the marketplace there, maybe to a bat, right? Right. But you know, we don't, there's no debate, there's no debate of where the system to which COVID belongs came from. You don't have to be an epidemiologist to trace the DNA all the way back to the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve sinned against God and sin entered this world and this world was broken. We see this in Romans chapter 8, verse 20. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it. See, when Adam and Eve sinned, they did so as the viceroys, or the regents, or the stewards, or caretakers, or representatives, or federal head over all creation. Right? Part of God's curse that came because of their sin was upon the world, the created world, in which we live. Adam and Eve broke the whole system. And now everything about the world is broken and has been subjected to futility. Just ask a farmer about pests killing their crops. I was talking to a deacon this morning about the mosquitoes that he fought uh, month in and month out just here at the church, right? Or a forester about the damage of pine beetles. Or a doctor about the pervasive diseases he or she fights. These things belong to a system that is opposed to God and everything that is beautiful. It's good to know the big picture, right? You have to know the big picture as we think through and seek to understand. Have you been watching the Star Wars series, The Mandalorian? It's just fantastic. And we're so sad that season two is over. Because that means that there's now a holy longing for season three. And we have to wait for it. Right? But if you don't know the full story of how it began, you won't understand the the later episodes. You have to know how it began and why the Mandalorian seeks to protect the life of baby Yoda so badly. As we think about COVID in this last year of why it was so wrong, we have to know the full story, not just the beginning, but also the end. Because see, last year, there was a longing for 2020 to end. As we think about the big story, that yearning is a good yearning. Because we know that we were built for something else. We know that we were built for something better. The problem is our yearning has been too short-sighted. See, we are heading to something better. We're heading to something so much better. And even unbelievers know that this world is not right. And there's that yearning for something better. So we pick up in verse 20 of Romans 8. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of Him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that while the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves, we who have the firstfruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. I love God's choice of words here. Groan, right? Creation groans when it will be set free from the bondage brought on by sin. We as believers groan for the day when Christ returns and makes all things new and we receive back our glorified bodies. Or as Paul puts it in 2 Corinthians 4.17, for this light, momentary affliction. Now think about who's saying that. Paul, who's been beaten and stoned and left for dead and shipwrecked. I mean, he's been through it all. He says this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As bad as the world is now, heaven will be so much greater. And God has put within us that that knowledge. There's just something wrong. And so we groan. You know, as a culture, we've been waiting for something so much better. But I'm afraid that we have looked too near, excuse me, that we have looked too much to the near term. It's good to look to the future, but 2021 isn't the answer. I don't think we've looked far enough. We should look to the New Jerusalem instead of DC. We should look to the promised land of heaven instead of the return of homes and friends and family. We should look to the timeless days of eternity rather than the measured hours of 2021 so how do we navigate 2021 what if 2021 is worse than 2020 you would do well for us to remember that God has not promised us an easy life he has not promised us a healthy economy he has not promised us health and security he has not promised a vaccine that will work He has promised us something so much better. What could be better than those things? He has promised us Himself. He has promised us Himself. Isn't this what we've just celebrated in in Christmas? That, That God would come to earth to pursue those who are in rebellion against Him? who had been born in sin and sorrow because of the fall, He came and pursued us and became one of us so that we might be restored, we might be forgiven. This is called the Emmanuel principle, God with us. And you see it all throughout Scripture. It's it's most fulfilled in Christ, but you see it in the Old Testament as well. Joshua 1, verses 8 through 9, which you'll find in your bulletins. says this, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Here it is, verse 9 especially. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. As you look back at 2020, can can you think of any moment in which God was not there with you? The context of Joshua helps us. I'm sure you remember that Joshua has taken over from Moses the leadership of Israel. And he's about to lead them into the promised land. The land that God had promised to give them when He brought them out of the land of Egypt. But there were some problems ahead. And their problems had names. The Amorites... The Girgashites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, the Perizzites, all summed up as the Canaanites. How in the world were God's people going to make it? Didn't God know what stood before him? Before them, rather? Didn't God know the problems they were facing? But here's the thing. We should ask that question differently. Because it was only God that knew what stood before them. Think about where we stood 2020 this week, a year ago, as I preached a New Year's sermon. We had no clue it was coming, and aren't you glad we didn't? But God knew. And He had planned never to forsake you, never to leave you, even in those really hard and dark and exhausting days. There was a second in which God forsook you. And guess what? His promise is true this year as well. He will go with you wherever you may go. Wherever. Even, even when we falter, even in our unbelief, God does not forsake us. Instead, He forsook His Son upon the cross so that we might be His children. We're told this in another way, in Romans chapter eight, verses twenty-eight through twenty-nine. And we know that for those who love God all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. We love Romans eight twenty eight and for good reason. Right? That, that God will work all things together for good for those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. Praise the Lord. Right? But so often we divorce it from the next verse. Because it turns out that God's definition of good is not necessarily always our definition of good. Our definition of good is often peaceful, stress-free, drama-free, full of leisure life. Right, Funded by a big old bank account. God's definition of good according to these two verses is that He would make us more and more like Jesus, our Savior. That we would be conformed to His image. See, whatever comes in 2021, God is going to use it to mold us more and more into the image of Jesus. That doesn't mean we will look like Him. It means that we will act more like Him, that our hearts will be purer. That he will grow us spiritually. You know, your children, or maybe you as you growing up, do you remember growing pains? I had terrible leg pains. I stopped growing tall about 11th grade or 10th grade, but I grew real quick until then, and my legs hurt so bad. Spiritual growth is kind of the same way. Sometimes it hurts. As God stretches us and molds us and makes us, I, uh, I used to shoot a lot. I still shoot some, but not nearly as much as I used to. And, and growing up, I always wanted those really cool earplugs. I don't know if you've ever seen them before. The, the kind I used were the foam kind that you squeeze real tight, you stick in your ear, and they mold to your ear, but then when you pull them out, it feels like they pulled out your, your uh, eardrums along the way. You could get these kind that were molded actually to your ear, and so you could just slip them in and out, and they, they would fit you perfectly. Now you can get them online for about 30 bucks, it's great. They'll mail you a kit with this goo. Now if you take this goo and just out of the package and put it in your ear, it won't do anything. You have to instead, according to the video I watched, put it in a mug of water and microwave it. And it comes out just warm enough to then press into your ear to be formed to that size. And you pull it out and let it dry, let it cool, And then you have the perfect earplugs. See, that's a lot like what we've just read in Romans chapter 8, verse 29. That we would be conformed like a mold to the image of Jesus. See, the thing is, with those earplugs, it's a one-and-done kind of thing. You can't redo it. But but with a Christian life, it's not like that. It's a process called sanctification, which we are being molded and more and more like Jesus... But here's the thing, just like those earplugs, it takes heat and pressure. It takes trials. As we, as we look at 2021, will we respond better than we did in 2020? As I look back to how I responded in 2020, there were many hard days when I did not respond well. What about you? What about you? Maybe it was anger on one side or maybe soul-crushing fear on the other or something in between. Neither one are glorifying to God. We, um, we're called to cooperate in this process called sanctification. Anything good that comes out of it all belongs to the Lord. It is Him who wills and works in us to do good. We came home yesterday yesterday um, you know, I used to hate cats, but I love my cat, a little Gracie. Just evidence that God really does change people's hearts. I wish I hate. I wish I hated sin as much as I used to hate cats. Um, we came home, and our kitty was uh, after being on vacation was just filthy, and so we had to give our cat a bath. Have you ever given a cat a bath? It's really unpleasant for everybody involved. So we filled a five-gallon bucket full of warm water. There were gloves involved in many prayers. And, uh, and we sought to dunk like a good Baptist, said Kitty, in the water. And it was a pretty... Um, you would have thought that cat thought we were trying to drown it. Uh, now, here's the thing. So often, I mean, the claws were out. It took two of us to hold Kitty down. So often we respond to God's work in our lives that way. No, no, Lord, I don't want this. I don't want this. I want out. I don't want this. But that kitty was clean. And it sure was sociable when it was all done. Wouldn't it be better if we responded better in 2021? Not like my kitty to God's challenge in our lives, the trials he brings us to. Instead, we'd be more like the shepherds when they heard that Jesus had been born. What did they do? They ran to Him. They ran to Him. I want to conclude. To just read a couple verses from Job chapter 1. You'll find it in your bulletin. And as I set it up, if you'll turn there, I'd like you to, um, to read along with me. Not out loud, but to follow as, a, as a, a read. I want to charge us that we would respond like Job did. In 2021, no matter what comes, that we would trust God, no matter what comes, wouldn't it be great if it was just a phenomenally wonderful year, right? That'd just be great. But but what if it's not? That we would trust God, no matter what comes. Don't you remember when Job had lost everything? You know his his wife. Uh, I think she's about to say, or she just has said, I can't remember. Uh, Why don't you curse God and die? What a what a godly wife, right? Uh, that we would respond like Job does. What, what does he say in verse 20? Then Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head. So he mourned. This is mourning and fell on the ground. And what did he do? And worshipped. If, if you haven't heard PJ's sermon from last week, you ought to. I'll be putting you online tomorrow. Listen to it. We're always commanded to worship no matter what has come. Then Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head and fell on the ground and worshipped. And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And all this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. May that be the theme for 2021, that we would worship God no matter what comes. The Lord gives, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Let's pray. So, Father, we are thankful for your provision for last year, and we are thankful for the provision that we know that you will give us for the year ahead. May we, Lord, worship no matter what comes, for you give and take away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen.